0: Welcome to Episode 4 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Our show today is brought to you by TechSiteBuilder. Tech builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean and professional website up and running for your computer or tech-focused business. Save time and frustration with Tech Site Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. And it's brought to you by the DC Unconvention 2017, the second annual conference for IT business owners. Learn from fellow techs and business owners, get business strategies that work in the real world, and discover new tech. Learn more at unconvention.io. On today's episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show, we talk about getting over your marketing hangups with Dave Greenbaum of Call Dr. Dave. We'll talk about why it's important to continue to try new marketing techniques, even if you're a seasoned pro. We'll also learn about how Dave got over some of his hangups in order to implement some new things in his business that have been very successful. Plus, we'll talk about why it's so important to respond to all of your online reviews. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in the IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at ComputerBusinessMarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page and click on the following tab and then select See First so that you can uh, see the live stream jump to the top of your Facebook feed. All right, guys, we have a great episode planned for you today. The title of this episode is Getting Over Your Marketing Hangups. And today we have Dr. Dave Greenbaum, uh, who's going to be talking to us about uh, his experiences with this. Uh, and we're going to learn about how he's uh, gotten over some of his own marketing hangups and and uh, maybe some other tidbits as we say for uh, the rest of you on uh on some lessons you can learn from that as well before we jump into that though um let's go ahead and uh, say hi to our co-host paco lebron how you doing paco hi everybody i'm doing well
1: <laughs> good good
0: you? um what have you been up to lately
1: busy no i shouldn't say busy i should say productive um it's been a busy uh last couple of days a uh, couple of projects um i had to rush out that last uh Last episode that we had because I was visiting um, Google headquarters in Chicago, they had a uh, um, a how what was the theme? Basically, like how to help improve your business on Google, um, and it was their uh, more of their ERG, basically their employee resource group for uh, more of a Hispanic twist or, or, or style of the things. Basically, it's their OLA is the name of that um, cohort. That they have in uh, google and um a lot of it was a lot of things that we've discussed where improving um your google my business listings the products that are available that are free that can help jumpstart a entrepreneur's um basically infrastructure if they need to use something for the interim before making the money to be able to pay for a solution And uh, a lot of great other information. Um, They also mentioned that they're going to be having a lot of really good uh, workshops on particular um, items of Google. So, analytics, AdWords, things like that. So, hoping to take some advantage of some of that over there. But other than that, just business as usual. Just, uh, I actually, as A lot of people don't know here. I actually just rushed to get to the episode for today um, because I had came from downtown. I had a couple of drop offs and uh, updating, or basically gathering some information for a new client that I have, and basically making sure they're up to date and compliant. Was
0: there any uh, like you know insider tip or something that you didn't know about you know Google My Business or any of that stuff that you learned?
1: Nothing that we haven't gone over. Um, I think the probably the biggest is there was a comment feature on particular links that you would put on there to kind of notate certain things that you are editing on a particular document. So more of like the Google Docs, the Google Spreadsheets, hmm. things like that. Um, I did find out that there are, if you're on the paid Google Apps platform, there are a lot more features, especially um, automated scripts that are pre-written for stuff like that. But other than that, hmm. similar to what we've, uh, what we've discussed.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. So we know it all then, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all the stuff we've covered in the computer business podcast. Um, yeah, sure. So nothing really earth shattering from there as of yet, but they are coming up with some new stuff. So
0: cool. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I love uh, just getting to even just reiterate some of that stuff. Cause I, there's a lot to remember about, you know, your Google, local and Google My Business and your listings and all that stuff and making sure it's updated. So there's a little pre-tip, a bonus tip for you guys this this week is to uh, just check out your Google uh, My Business listing, make sure all of the information is accurate, make sure you're filling out all the information. So everything that they ask for, fill it out uh, if you can, Um, if it's something you want to be made public, because that all goes into helping your business look like a a healthy, legitimate business, and and improving your rankings and helping people find you who need you, and all that stuff. Especially if you have like a shop or a storefront, it's definitely important uh, where that's concerned. Uh, cool. So with me, um, I've just been uh, you know keeping busy uh, with with my website clients. The uh, this week has been uh, a week of proposals. So last week and early this week, I met with a few uh, different cl- new clients uh, to talk about new website projects. And this week I'm putting together three proposals. Um, so that's, that's exciting. Um, I haven't had a new like website build project in a while. So up to now it's been, you know, maintenance and updating here and there and doing that kind of thing. And so it'll be nice to get three proposals out and see how that goes. Um, that's those, those, those are fun projects. I like the projects where I get to build a website from, from the ground up. And, uh, and, you know, get all the creative juices flowing and, and all of that stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'll update you guys next week with how those proposals go. Um, they're for three very different uh, types of businesses. Um, uh, like one one is an IT business, for example. Um, and another is uh, a car wash. <laughs> so an IT business and a car wash. Uh, a website. so and, and that's what I like. I like kind of exploring different types of websites in, uh, in my uh, website consulting business. So that's going there. Um, also, just wanted to point out a, a topic that was brought up in the Facebook, uh, the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group. Uh, again, if you guys have not joined that group, it's an awesome group. It's kind of the sister group to this podcast. Uh, just search Computer Business Marketing in Facebook and you'll find the group there. Uh, we have a lot of great uh, topics that we discuss in that group every day. Uh, one topic we brought up was we asked about uh, lead capture. So the question I asked was, "Do you have a lead capture form on your website, and if so, how do you entice visitors to give you their contact info?" And you know, I was expecting you know um, some dialogue on this one, uh, but really, wh- I, I only got a couple responses, and they were from people who. Uh, one person was, you know, getting ready to implement a funnel. Uh, that was Patrick, and he was wanting to hear from other people who have who have done something like that before. Um, and then uh, someone else commented that um, they didn't really think that that kind of thing was was right for their business. Um, so I just wanted to. Uh, I am going to have a guest. We are going to have a guest on the podcast uh, on a later episode that's going to kind of talk about the whole marketing funnel thing where basically how it applies to your website is you have your website, someone visits it, but they're not necessarily ready to take on your services or they're in research mode, right? They're looking for the best place to go. Um, their Their need isn't immediate enough to like give you a call right the second. So they're bouncing around websites, they're checking stuff out, they're doing research. At that time, uh, you can still or you, you want to still capture their information so that you can continue that relationship with them. They're interested in your services, but they're not yet over the hump to actually want to contact you or, or hire you. Um, so that's a great way, that's a great opportunity to grab them uh, and keep them keep the dialogue going. And the best way really to do that is to have some sort of uh, offer for them when they're on your website. Whether it's a free consultation, a free download, a free report, um, even your blog posts can serve as this. uh, Very uh, informative or entertaining or engaging blog posts can be that enticing thing that keeps someone on your website. And then from there, you want to ask for their information. Whether that's just a simple email address or some more information, I recommend just grabbing the email address if you can. Then you capture that email address and then that's where you can continue that dialogue. You can really you know, start a conversation with them, send them some emails talking about the different services you offer, get that initial consultation scheduled. All of that stuff um, happens a lot easier if you have that funnel set up from your website to funnel those people in. And there's there's a lot of intricacies around that and a lot of things you can try, but that's the basic gist of it. It's something you should do, whether you think it's going to work or not, whether you think it's right for your business or not, because it's really not that hard to set up and it doesn't really hurt anything. Um, You don't have to, and this is going to be something we talk about with Dave actually later on about invasiveness. You don't have to have, you know, a pop-up or, you know, big flashing things asking for people's emails. You say, Hey, I have this really useful thing. I'll give it to you in exchange for your email. And I'll send you more useful stuff after you give me your email. Um, This is something that's, you know, worked for many years now and it's kind of a standard thing on the internet. Um, I just say, give it a try. It might not work. It might work, but it doesn't really hurt. So that's kind of uh, our second bonus tip is to try that sales funnel. But if, if you want to uh, jump into the uh, computer business marketing Facebook page, check out that post. If you do have some sort of funnel set up or some sort of opt-in uh, system or lead magnet, as it's sometimes called set up, I'd love to hear about what's working for you and your uh, computer business as far as that's concerned. So uh, check that out at the uh, Computer Business Marketing Facebook group. Uh, Okay, uh, we're almost ready to jump into the interview with Dave Greenbaum. But before we do that, I just want to give a shout out to our first sponsor. That is TechSite Builder. This podcast is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is the platform that you can sign up for and it will deliver a website for your computer business. It is, it's really a do-it-yourself platform. So you sign up for TechSite Builder and then you have the tools you need to build an effective uh, website very quickly and very easily for your computer business. Um, Dave Greenbaum here is a, a client of TechSite Builder and he's put together an awesome website for his business. Uh, and you can do the same, no coding required, no really any kind of website knowledge required. And that's the beauty of TechSite Builder is... You get in there, you uh, it tells you where to go to fill in your information, and you can be done in an hour. You know you can have your website up and running. But we strive to give you some further tools to uh, take your website to the next level whenever you're ready to do that. So you can add those email opt-in forms. You can add those call to action buttons. You can add your uh, you know a map of your business, your hours, your you know blog posts and all that stuff you can add into techsite builder and really it's it's really a fully functional website platform that you can do most anything that your your heart desires uh, on techsite builder so check that out that's at techsitebuilder.com all right guys uh, so that takes us to the featured topic for today uh, and again the featured topic is getting over your marketing hangups and our guest today is Dave Greenbaum, also known as Dr. Dave. How you doing, Dave? Great, great. Thanks for inviting me here. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for being here. So before we dig into um, why we chose this topic and uh, and some of the, uh, the ideas behind it, why don't you tell folks uh, about your business, uh, what you do these days, and a little bit about how you got to where you are now.
2: Absolutely. So I have been doing Dr. Dave professionally since... Um, 2003, I went out on my own, um, worked for a couple other tech support companies, but kind of was doing it on the side really since about 1990. Um, so I've, I've been in this for a while. That's kind of when people first started calling me Dr. Dave. It kind of stuck. So when I was deciding on a business name, when I went out on my own, I, I did that. And I'm primarily uh, break-fix, uh, about 50% Mac, 50% PC, and I've got about three technicians working for with me now.
0: Oh, nice. Awesome um so where did the uh where did the name come from dr dave was that a name that was given to you or is that a name you came up with it was a name that was given
2: to me um people would have trouble with their computer and they'd say hey let's just call dr dave and and just some client went ahead and started calling me that and i started getting referrals and people said are you dr dave i'm like sure yeah whatever (laughs) I'm here to fix your computer, <laughs> so sure, call me Dr. Dave. And it kind of stuck. And when I was working for other companies and I was doing this on the side, that's the way people got to know my name. And it just like that just kind of stuck. It was kind of cute. It kind of described my approach, kind of hands-on, you know, and, and that's when the um the tagline we make mouse calls came in. Mm. So there was house calls and it was mouse calls, and another client went ahead and said, Oh, are you coming in for a mouse call and again, it was a cute thing and it just stuck nice
0: yeah that's that's awesome I think um, that's gonna go to kind of something we're going to talk about later, but you're listening to what your clients are saying and you're delivering it and that even goes back to your branding and your name for the business um, and that that kind of that's a thread that I see through um, everything that you do is listening to the clients and and delivering what they want uh, so the the genesis of the topic we're going to talk about today kind of comes back, for me at least, to uh, last year's unconvention um, up in Toronto uh, that, that you attended and, and I attended. Um, and uh, there was uh, some, something you picked up there that you were kind of hesitant about and, and you were you know, turned into a believer. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened there at the, uh, the unconvention last year?
2: Sure. So, you know, we, w- we went to the unconvention, which was an absolutely amazing experience for me. And we were in a discussion talking about texting customers. And there's very strong sides on both of that, for and against. And what I found out, it's really a, a generational thing. People who grew up with texting kind of expect it from businesses. People who didn't grow up with texting saw it as invasive. So way back in 1990, we didn't really have texting. We didn't really have cell phones. So even when I went out on my own in 2003, the idea of texting a customer cost them money. So you just would never think of doing that. Not everyone had a, a cell phone as their primary method of communication. And back then, you know, you had the, the tiny little buttons and stuff like that to text and had to press things four times. It was not very convenient. The good old T9. Yeah. <laughs> now with smartphones, it's it's a lot easier to text customers and, Listening to people in the room and seeing, you know, seeing the generational change of it and seeing how many people were successful with SMS marketing, I took the plunge and, and I tried it and it was just phenomenally successful. The first day I got back, I started texting via my Google Voice account. Um, and within what kind a of day, stuff were you, were you texting? It was just people that called and mm-hmm. I couldn't reach them. And, you know, you play a lot of that phone tag with customers. And I've, I've got a little text message that says, thanks for contacting Dr. Dave. We haven't been able to reach you by phone. Is there any way we can assist with your computer needs? So the first time I did it, we went back and forth, scheduled the appointment. And when I met with a client, I said, oh, why did you just not call and leave a message? She says, I was at my daughter's swing meet. Um, this was the most efficient method of communication. And she thanked me for profusely for making it easier to work with me. And, and then I was hooked. And then I started doing that all the time. And I realized I, I live in a college town. A lot of these students are texting me in the middle of class about their computer problems. Mm. So makes perfect sense. And I just had this prejudice of, I, I want to think of texting a business. I, I never grew up with texting. It's not something I do. But, right. hey, this is where my clients are. This is where I need to be. I need to get outside of my comfort zone and just do it. And it was great. And if it weren't for the unconvention, really seeing a room of successful people saying, of course you text a client. Why wouldn't you text a client? Everyone texts. Um, it, yeah, that, that that made a believer out of me. And I was just like, okay, the, the cash register makes it very easy to get over biases and <laughs> prejudice.
1: <laughs> <Very quickly. laughs> Nothing like the little pre- green presidents on there. Yep. Um, but you make a good point, right? Because there's a lot of CRM systems that actually offer this feature as well, built in either as an add-on or... By default, if into their own premise, like Repair Shopper has this feature as well um, as an add-on. You buy X amount of SMSs per month or, or I guess, X amount of how many um, you may need, and you can go ahead and send a message twice via email, text, after you've made a phone call. So, like you just said, it's just another form of communication, and I think it's one of those where you rather say sorry versus asking for permission because at that point you never know who's going to really want it, and you may get a quicker response for a process that may need to get done as soon as possible.
2: Absolutely, I think customers, you know, customers, I think expect it these days from from businesses. I know if I go to any restaurant, i again, I'm showing my age. Back in the day, there'd be a wait list, and you know, you'd have to sit outside. Then they moved to pagers, and now it's like, hey, here's, give us your phone number, we'll text you. And I don't see anyone having having a problem with that. And yeah. You might get a marketing message, which as long as you click stop or something like that, you're
0: fine. Yeah, so that, that kind of brings up another point then. And and so what you've said so far is that you, you're basically using texts to keep in contact with existing clients. Is is Have you tried sending out some kind of like, hey, we have a special or, hey, here's a new service or something like that? Like something that's not necessarily a message that's not requested at the time? Baby steps. Baby
2: steps. <laughs> right. I, I just... just Felt, start feeling comfortable with SMS and started feeling a little bit more comfortable with newsletter marketing. So maybe yeah. 10 years from now, maybe after the D- convention <laughs> in DC, y'all will convince me to start texting customers marketing messages. But right now I got I got to one step at a time. And I think that's a, a great point
0: is that um, you, a lot of these uh, techniques that might seem invasive at first, like email marketing, like even like maybe social media or texting or whatever, Uh, You can start off with it just being a kind of a two-way conversation at first, right? With existing clients, test it out with existing clients, see how the medium, uh, how they react to the the medium. And then from there, you know, maybe start trying some different, uh, more um, not aggressive, but I I don't know what the word is, uh, not offensive either, but like, you know, proactive, there we go, proactive uh, messaging and marketing and stuff like that. Um, that you can uh, kind of experiment with once you figure it out. And I do that with existing clients as well. Even like with new services I want to offer, sometimes I'll reach out to a handful of my best clients and say, hey, here's this new service that I'm offering now. Would you be interested? And I kind of walk through it very slowly with them, figure out maybe what some of their hangups will be, what some of the roadblocks would be for them to to take on the service, get their questions answered on a one-on-one basis. And then once I get that Figured out, then I can offer it broadly to to my uh, entire client base with the confidence that I've already kind of worked through some of the kinks with the uh, some of my best clients, and and that's a good thing to try with text marketing or anything else like this. I think.
1: Yeah, I think another thing too, a lot that you can treat it similar like you do with email opt-ins. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that have a text service that has an opt-in first, and if that person opts in, then you kind of open. They're opening that door. For any type of communications, which should be what it was intended to be used at first, but also slight check ins, marketing materials after a certain amount of time, things like that. Um, I think an opt in approach may also work as well in this case.
0: Yeah. And and marketing is not necessarily um, always advertising. You know, marketing is anything that gets your business out there. And it's also with existing clients, right? To let your existing clients know that you're there. To do a great job for your existing clients so that they refer you and that they talk about you and that they keep coming back to you. I mean, that's that's all marketing. And so it's it can, it can start at the level where you're just keeping your existing clients happy and, and talking to them in ways they want to be talked to and, and on mediums they want to be talked to. And then just start branching that out in, until you start going out to people who aren't even your clients, to people who might potentially be your clients on those mediums and then talking to them that way as well. And I think that that's a great kind of way to approach it. So, um, you know, this, this kind of all stems from the fact that you've, you've been in business a while. You've been doing this a while. You've been, um, you've had a successful business. Uh, and so a lot of, I, I find sometimes when talking to, um, you know, business owners that have been in business for a while is they, they have kind of their established routines and the way they've done things. And they, you know, they say it, it's worked for me so far. Um, so what, what was something, what was, uh, I guess, the thing that convinced you to um, take on a, a new kind of maybe like, like the SMS marketing, a new kind of approach to, to this uh, marketing technology?
2: It, it really came down to networking with, with other business owners and hearing their success stories. I have my own mindset of the way I think things should be, but I'm not a customer. I'm, I would never call me to fix my computer. No, <laughs> sir, you do not call me to fix my computer. I, you know, that's whenever I have a computer problem, yeah, I'm in big trouble because I, I can't call anyone to fix it. Um, but really, that's, it's, it's understanding where, where your clients are and listening to these people and saying, hey, I've been successful. Hey, I've been successful. And realizing, wait a minute, I'm I'm going in with some prejudice. I, you know, we, we get comfortable in the way of doing where, you know, if you're moderately successful, if you've been doing it for a while, as you said, why change? It's worked for me, but you never take it to that next level. And what would happen is, you know, five, 10 years down the road, I'd be the only company on the block that you can't text message to do a service call. It's like, oh, that Dr. Dave guy, I, I can't even text him. What's up with that? Um, so you, you get, take, you get um, um, passed by really quickly. And That was the other thing. Listening to all these these youngins, gosh, how gray hair showing there. Um, all the youngins at the unconvention talking about, yeah, I'm doing SMS marketing, it's working great. I I've, all these times I don't even talk to the clients. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I need to I need to get ahead of this curve because one of these people could come into my community and they're gonna be offering a service that people want that I don't provide and my market share is gonna decrease quite a bit.
0: Yeah, that's 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 it. And you don't a lot of times when When a dip like that happens in your business, you're not going to know why. Because the people who say I'm not going to use Doctor Dave because he's you know I can't reach him easily, they're not going to say that to you. They're just going to go somewhere else, and then you're not sure why. And so that's really kind of an incentive to try all these new uh, marketing techniques that you might not uh, you know have thought would be would maybe they didn't work for you you know five years ago when you tried it, but maybe now it would work for you. Uh, Do you have any other examples um, of like different, you know, either marketing techniques or things you've done in your business that, uh, you know, it took you a while to, to um, you know, jump on the bandwagon with, or or you were surprised how well it worked for you?
2: Absolutely. Newsletters, email newsletters. I hate email newsletters. I hate (laughs) getting those. I mean, every once in a while, if there's something of value in there, I'm like, yeah, there's a coupon. There's, you know, like like the new egg emails, yeah, I check that every morning because I want to know what's on special, what I need. But for the most part, it's just, oh, it's annoying. It goes in my spam folder and I can never find it. Well, I didn't realize that some customers really like that. Like, you know, if there's a value and if there's things of interest, customers will like it. So I started initially sending quarterly emails. Had a huge response to it. People just loved it. I'm like, really, there's nothing very interesting here. Why why are you interested? (laughs) Really, read the tube of toothpaste. It's more interesting than what I'm having to say. But it was always something of value. It was always, hey, there's this class action lawsuit that you need to be aware of. The first one I sent out was that a couple years ago was that memory lawsuit where basically everyone got money back that owned a computer. Um, And then I went from yearly to quarterly. Again, Success of Approximation has got a good response to that. And then it was really through um, people I met at the Unconvention and joining some of the Facebook groups and people I respected. It's, it's a lot harder when you talk to someone online that you've not met in person. You're like, oh, I don't know about this person. But yeah. when you meet them in person and you start respecting them more, you go ahead and you start listening to what they had to say, like you two guys I met you two at the Unconvention. So. Um, and I signed up for the Tech Nibble newsletters. And I sent it out, got a huge response off of that. like people. And then I started um, on Repair Shopper when people scheduled an appointment and they got their confirmation. I said, hey, sign up for our newsletter at the bottom. And, you know, a 10% of people sign up for it. I'm like, you don't even know what I have to say yet and you're signing up for the newsletter? Really? Wow.
1: That's a really good tip, actually, not to uh, interrupt, no, as, as far as like, finding ways to be able to grab that email and just being able to give them that newsletter. I didn't even think about the confirmation email for the schedule appointment saying, Hey, we've scheduled the appointment, by the way, if you're interested in our newsletter, go ahead and sign up here. I think that's actually a really good idea.
2: Well, thank you. So I put in there um, every month I go in and um, kind of, ch- there's a little bit of a preview. Hey, if you're interested in these topics, go ahead and click on newsletter. The other thing I did just this week, which was Huge. I am completely, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing my little phone thing go off. I've gotten about 35 responses off of that. Um, I sent an email out to clients that had Yahoo addresses saying, hey, listen, you know, there's been all these hacks of Yahoo. You really need to get off of Yahoo. Either go with Gmail or get your own domain name. Humongous response. People are like, yeah, I want to sign up. I want to get off of Yahoo, make it happen. And I offered a 20% discount for that. And the other thing I love is these clients said, hey, you know, I've been meaning to give you a call while you're out here. I know this isn't part of your deal or whatever, but while you're out here fixing my yahi, can you fix these 20 things? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. That's, and what I love about these so far is they're not emergency customers. So I can put them off till next week or the week after. So we're really kind of scheduling these out. We had the same, I sent the same email out. Our ISP in town has been sold four times. Um, it used to be Sunflower, then it became Knowledge. Knowledge became WOW, WOW became Midco. These people have these sunflower.com email addresses and they're <laughs> definitely afraid of getting rid of them um, because, you know, we're in Kansas, Sunflower State. Um, but they've had it for so long. It's like, how do I even switch email providers? I say, you know, if Google Fiber came here tomorrow and we are just on the edge of Google Fiber's coverage, you realize you're going to lose your Sunflower email address if you switch ISPs. And they need an incentive, so I went ahead and sent out a targeted message to all the Yahoo addresses, all the um, Sunflower addresses, and next week I'm going to send them out to all the AOL customers with the same basic message of, hey, you know, there's this AOL Desktop Gold. You have to pay three ninety nine a month for the desktop version. Don't do that. Please just give us a call if you want to use AOL. Continue. I'll show you how to access AOL via the web, or it's time to get off of an aol address and the businesses clients that i spoke with that were on the sunflower or the yahoo address loved it because like yeah i have this on my business card what do i do i don't know how to switch i said well we've helped customers before basically you wait till your marketing materials are gone change your reply to it. i say ultimately why are you advertising yahoo or sunflower when you should be advertising your own business on your domain name? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot more professional where it's you know, Joe Q Plumber as opposed to Joe Q Plumber at yahoo.com. So customers just ate that up. And I, I was really scared. I'm like, am I going to get, I'm, I'm like checking my MailChimp every hour. Okay. <laughs> Have I been cut off? Have I gotten all these abuse requests? No, no. I had uh, 700 emails. I had one person unsubscribe, and they emailed me and said, Hey, uh, you know what? I've been keeping this email address. I've, I've moved outside of the country. So, um, you know, I went ahead and unsubscribed, but not a serial, serial, single abuse report. I'm like, yeah, I do abuse reports all the time. I, I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> hey, I'm going to report it. Um, right. So I was absolutely amazed at that, just because I don't like newsletters for the most part. I don't find I don't find anything I have to say of interest. I don't know why y'all are listening. <laughs> but I, um, but I realized I'm not the target market of my, of my products or information. So right. really getting over that and really seeing things from the customer's perspective. One thing I did was all this stuff I had my sister who is tech savvy enough to know when to call me when there's a problem, but not tech savvy enough to fix anything. I say, what, what do you think about these messages? Does this speak to you? She's like, yeah, I would change this. I didn't really understand what you were describing here. Made a little bit of modifications. Um, after she did that, my my open rate went up about twenty percent. Because she was my target wow. market, much more than I was. I yeah. was proofreading it for does it make sense? Did I make sure to use whose versus who's <laughs> that's and stuff yeah. like that? Are my apostrophes in the right place? But beyond that, it was humongous the difference because we're just we're always in the mindset of thinking about. What we want and what we would do as business owners, and that is totally wrong we got to be thinking about what our customers want, and our customers change over time. our target market is going to be getting older. you know the customers we have now are going to get older, their needs are going to get change, and a whole new base of customers are going to come in with different needs and different expectations
1: yeah i so I a couple of things because you've hit like quite a bit of Fun. things that are no, no i mean you you've spot on with a lot of this stuff, one of the things like you do. Um, And I would encourage everybody who's listening as well is if you don't have someone that you can kind of show the newsletters or see that the content is interesting, look at your most for your very first customer who's been with you the longest or your favorite customer and have them look it over because more than likely they're going to do that favor for you, even if and you probably don't have to offer them any type of incentive to do it. But if that hits home for them and that's your type of customer it's going to speak volumes similar to how you just mentioned, like your sister's going to be the target market you're trying to get. Um, same, similar here, where if you don't have someone personal that you can do that with, go to your few uh, first customers or your favorite customers because they love working with you. You love talking to them. Um, I think John Dubinsky said it best. If this, if you find this customer um, at a party and you're trying to duck away from them, that's not going to be your ideal customer. But if it's someone that you can go ahead and have a, grab a beer with, that's the person you want to go ahead and share this type of information with just to see if this is a good idea and go from there. The other piece of it is um, you mentioned unsubscribes. Unsubscribes are a natural piece to email marketing. So don't get discouraged if you get a few unsubscribe here and there, because, well, again, depending on how you got these email addresses, if you bought a list and shame on you, but um, you want to get these organically, you want to get these through relationships, you want to get these as an opt in versus just kind of just sending them out unless it's a mass email for the better good of your customers. So like similar to how you did um, with Yahoo, I actually just did recently with the WannaCry and the ransom outbreaks overseas and basically spread, spreading around that ransomware. I had gotten a lot of calls just concern on, hey, am I okay? Do I got to do anything? So I just sent a mass email to all my customers basically saying, make sure you your window's up to date. Make sure your antivirus is up to date. Make sure all your third party stuff is good to go. Um, we have a protection plan. We can help monitor these type of things. Um, for those that are on our plan, don't worry about it. Um, if anybody has any questions, let me know. So it not only gave them actionable items for them to do it. It wasn't as a hard pitch, but I mentioned, Hey, we have something available. And I got quite a few emails either thanking me or interested in the protection plan because I mentioned it for those that were already on it. Don't worry about it. And it was a casual flow and it wasn't really a pitch fest Um, on that part of that. Other last thing, as you mentioned, for newsletters, what has really been really, really working for me is those technical newsletters, printing them and sending them to my clients I haven't seen in over a year. Mm. And what that has done for me has, for those who may have unsubscribed or like you say, a lot of people get a ton of email, especially those on Gmail, it's going to go to their promotions tab. They may not see it until they go into that tab and it's probably buried with every other newsletter. What I've done is for those that I haven't seen in quite some time, I'll send a really good newsletter or one of my favorites that I've sent out, print it, send it on a good cardstock or um, a, a decent uh, sheet that doesn't show any creases, send them in a six by nine envelope. Um, and this was talked about in one of the Facebook groups that a six by nine envelope has a much bigger uh, open rate for him versus any other envelope. And send it over to the client and see from there. And I've gotten quite a few of them that were even outside of my um, CRM system that I had stored on a Google Drive before I even had Repair Shopper that I completely forgot about that I found these client documentation that I kept and sent them all out. They were glad to hear from me. I think I got so far, we sent them out to about 58 people. We've heard from fifteen, and I believe ten of them will be coming in the office in the next week or two. Wow! Yeah, so I mean, I it may be just an influx of how that came, but I mean, print. I never thought about print newsletters whatsoever. Um, But I was watching a couple things as well um, from some uh, players in our space, and they swear a lot of bigger MSPs really have sworn by printed newsletters and the content that's in those newsletters. So I've tested it out and it's that's been great. working pretty that's well. A,
0: that's a great ninja tip. That's something I, I never would have thought of. And that's that's perfect. Right. That's a great way to reach out to folks. That's not something I think a lot of computer businesses are doing is sending out the physical letters. Um and there are some some folks that just that's that's how they best get information. And that's, you know, they they read every mail piece of mail they get and Especially if if they're not used to getting mail from you, they're like, "Oh, hi, Prodigy Tech sent me a letter." That's you know, I remember I, I did business with them. Let me see what they're up to. And
1: yep, and there was nothing pitching about it. it it's it, again, it's just the it's the TechNibble white label newsletter. They have their print version of that newsletter. Um, so shameless plug for the TechNibble uh, white label newsletter. Um, you can print it right out. You can modify it in Word, print it out, get it printed, and kind of send it on its way and it has your photo on it. You can put your phone number and contact information on it and just go from there. Awesome. Great stuff. Uh,
0: yeah, tech, technible newsletter. We mentioned repair shopper. All of these are, uh, you know, excellent tools that the uh, computer computer business owners are using to help them with their marketing and everything. So we love those guys. We'll have links to those folks in the show notes. Uh, so great that I think that, that wraps it up. We, we got a lot of great actionable tips in this episode. A lot of uh, good little tidbits uh, abound. Even you know when we went live to Facebook before we started recording the podcast, we had a, a cool some cool tips. So uh, again, a reason to join us live. Um, just a reminder, four p.m. Eastern time on uh, the Tech Site Builder Facebook page. Uh, you can check us out live. Um, but before we go, uh, Dave, just uh, let folks know if they want to follow up with you or um, you know follow you or, or get more info. What's the best way people can find you online?
2: Awesome. So I, I posted in the Tech Site Builder site or the um, Facebook page a link to my Facebook page. You can always like it. Um, my tech, tech Site Builder website is uh, called drdavekc.com. C A L L D R D A V E K C.com. Don't go to my old website. It, it sucks. <laughs> um, go, go to the new Tech Site Builder one. It's much better. Um, and I'm on Twitter. Same handle, called drdave. And, yep. Cool, awesome!
0: Thanks, uh, Doctor Dave. <laughs> I want to call you, even though you're not you're not actually a doctor. I, I feel like I always want to call Everybody you. Dr. Everybody does. Dave. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: thanks, Dave. Actually, stick around because we're going to jump into our next sponsor um, spot here, which is the UnConvention. And so I want to want to keep you around for that because uh, we all three of us actually here have been to the UnConvention. Um, so I wanted to, instead of me just reading about what's going to happen at the UnConvention, you can listen to past episodes to to hear about you know the, the cool lineup of, of things that we're going to be have happening at this year's unconvention in Washington, D.C. Um, just a reminder, it is a convention for IT business owners. If you own a computer business, uh, if you're a one-person uh, consultant or you have a few employees or you're an MSP, this is the place for you to come to network with your peers, get awesome information, uh, and uh, learn how to grow your business, take it to the next level. Dave, if you wouldn't mind, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but if you can just kind of give a, a quick, um, you know, how you felt about going to the, the inaugural unconvention last year in Toronto.
2: Well, you know, honestly, I was kind of curious. I, I, you, I know you all would be there. I'm like, okay, it's an excuse to go to Toronto. I've never been to Canada. I want to try poutine for the real thing and and check out the beer and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to meet people. It's going to be social. I'm not going to pick up anything. I mean, I've been doing this for forever. What the heck am I going to learn at an unconvention? I know it all. Um, Yeah. I was, I was dead wrong. I mean, it was, it was great because I, I, just remember, you know, we had the meeting and then we were all sitting there we were at the hotel. We were at, The um, restaurant at the hotel, and a bunch of these tables started getting together. And we all started talking, and we all started sharing ideas. And I, I started learning so much. I mentioned something that was an annoyance. I'm like, "Hey, that's a great idea! I had never thought about doing it that way." And then I was sharing, and we were up just till the wee hours of the morning. And I'm like, "Wow! I just, I just got so much." I, I was probably up an hour and a half after that, just taking notes, trying to remember stuff, and. I'm still trying to implement the stuff I learned there, and oh no, we're going to have it again and in September. Get, <laughs> get a, I know I haven't gotten done what I promised to get done last year, but it really was great, and I really had that kind of attitude of I know this stuff. I, I don't. I don't need to go to a convention like this. I'm successful. I'm doing well. But you know, it was really the minute I got back and did that SMS marketing and that first client. It's like, wow, okay, I just got to do this stuff. And I've been, you know, you take it in little pieces, you start doing things. And then all the people I met, you know, I met you all. I met a bunch of people that I can message when I have a problem or something like that. It's great. Uh, Just it's networking. It's what I liked was the variety of people. It wasn't all new people that were just in business. It was that great mix of people just starting out, people who have been doing it for a while there's quite a few people who went through the full cycle they went through hey i started on my own i tried my own repair shop i tried my own msp i had a bunch of employees and now i'm doing things completely different and i've really learned about every stage of a business and was able to meet people with it so it was just it was really i hate to say life changing but you know i've been doing this a long time and i've never felt I left that convention so excited about my business and so excited to do new things. I'd been doing it for so long, there was there was nothing new under the sun. And I was, hey, there's a lot of things I can be doing to grow in the business, and it has grown immensely since I went to that convention in Toronto. And and I think that's, and that was my pitch. That,
0: that was great. That was like, hey, that, the, we'll just record that and use that every episode because I I can't ask for a better uh, endorsement of it. And and really, that's. That's what I loved most about the unconvention. Uh, unlike uh, traditional conferences or conventions that you go to uh, for IT businesses, this one is really focused on on networking and interacting. And we have, you know, we we limit it to a hundred uh, folks. So you got to get your tickets early, get in there, uh, make sure you're there, and then you know we even from there we break off into smaller groups so that you can you know uh, network with folks. You can. It's a dialogue. It's not some person on the stage talking at you. It's a group of te- computer business owners. All of our speakers are computer business owners. All of the attendees are computer business owners. There's nothing like, you know, hey, this is a guru or hey, this is someone who's better than you. It's just all of us you know having a dialogue, learning from each other. and I think that's what makes the unconvention very special. So uh, we want to see you guys at the unconvention. We'd love all three of us are going to be there. We want to see you there as well. It's going to be in Washington, DC this year. Uh, September 16th and 17th, head on over to unconvention.io. When you purchase your tickets, use the promo code TSB. Uh, Use that coupon code that's going to give you $40 off your tickets to the unconvention. We can't wait to see you there. And we can't wait to learn uh, from you and have you learn from everybody else at the unconvention. All right, guys. Well, that's going to uh, do it for this episode. We also have our uh, marketing tip of the week. And the marketing tip of the week that I wanted to uh, give you guys for your computer business is, um, to always respond to reviews. So, you know, as computer business owners, uh, a lot of us have physical shops, um, brick and mortar shops where people come in and, and, and all that stuff. But even if you don't, there's still, you know, the Yelps, the Google reviews, the Facebook reviews. There's lots of different ways people can review your business. That's awesome because you can highlight those, that great feedback that people give you, but that can also lead to you know, if there's a miscommunication or a misunderstanding or something you know, goes awry, those folks could leave bad reviews for your business as well. And there's really nothing you can do about it other than actually taking the time to respond to those reviews. So some folks, they get a bad review and they're like, I don't want to, you know, I just, I want to ignore it. I hope it goes away. When in reality, that review is going to be there for, for a long time. Um, so if it truly was a misunderstanding, make sure you go in there and respond to the review. Um, I know I have great respect for products and services I use that I was disappointed with for some reason. I leave a bad review and then they reach back out to me. Um, they they either reply to my review or sometimes they'll even send me a personal email saying, hey, you know, sorry about what happened. We want to make it better for you. We want to make it right. And that's really that kind of makes the difference. And And so... Uh, you know, I, I um, urge all of you folks who, you know, make sure you're checking your reviews and all the different places you can get reviews, encourage people to leave reviews. And if, you know, uh, there's a negative review that comes through, uh, be sure to respond to it uh, and try to make it right in that public forum of, of the review. That way people can see other people who are coming who read that bad review, can see that you're actually out there trying to uh, make it right and trying to um, you know, make this situation better. And, and I think a lot of folks appreciate that. Uh, do you guys have anything to add to that?
2: I would just add it's, I would, I would slightly disagree on a tiny portion of that. I think you should respond to all reviews, good or bad, because if you just respond to the bad reviews, people see that and are more likely to leave a bad review. And if you respond to all the reviews, it shows you are an engaged, caring business owner, it doesn't just respond when things go wrong, does things correctly when things go right. So I think even if it's just, a, hey, thanks for thanks for posting that, you're going to encourage more customers to post positive views. So when that negative view comes up, it seems like an anomaly rather than, oh, you know, he only pays attention when something goes wrong, not when something goes right.
1: Yep. And I even confirmed with Google um, at two pl- of two their workshops that it gives it a better, Premise on their search results if you reply to all, because exactly like you said, I used to only reply to the wrong to the ones that were the bad reviews, and I completely ignored the ones that wrote the good reviews. So essentially, when I heard about that, and I asked, "Well, when is is it already too late?" Essentially, does it seem weird? They're like, no, just go back and reply to all the old ones that you have that are good or bad, and just put in uh, all the information that you have in there, thanking them or explaining what happened. And the best way to respond to the reviews is not at the person, but really to any future or prospect customer on what actually happened. So essentially, you know, kind of explaining the whole scenario, but showing that you're very empathetic for that customer who left the negative review to get that prospect or prospective customer to still want to go with your services. Yeah,
0: and and, you know, that's... uh, I, can, you know, I appreciate and I love business owners that are engaged. And that's what the, those reviews tell you. If you respond to the reviews, it shows that you exist. The worst thing is when you purchase a service or, or a product and then you have an issue or something happens and the, the, the company is nowhere to be found or they take forever to get back to you. Um, and so if I see reviews where the, the business owner is responding uh, to all of them, I know he's engaged. Uh, he or she is there they' uh, they 're going to care about what their customers think, and that just gives me warm and fuzzy feeling and, and I want to do business with them again uh, and I, even comments in, in the Facebook page uh, people are saying you know they businesses have reached out to me they 've gotten my repeat business because of that, and I think we can all agree that that 's a good practice so a reminder guys, make sure you 're doing that in your own computer businesses. All right, guys, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to ComputerBusinessMarketing.com and let us know what you think in the comments section below the show notes over there. Don't forget, you can send questions or feedback on the shows to mail at TechSiteBuilder.com or just visit the uh, website at ComputerBusinessMarketing.com. Uh, fill out the contact form there and we will get back to you. You can also join us live in Facebook at 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Tech Site Builder page and you can ask questions there and, and we'll respond to them there as well.
1: Or 3 p.m. Central for those in the Midwest. But uh if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave us a review. We love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others.
0: Finally don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Site Builder and the DC Unconvention 2017. Thanks again for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name's Matthew Rodella.
1: And this is Paco LeBron.
0: Saying here's to your success.